Hey, Fro. Hi. Can a kangaroo jump higher than the Empire State Building? No. Of course it can. The Empire State Building can't jump. <laughs> On this week's another digital citizen, we're going to talk of news of the week. Five best worst cartoon of all time. Wherefore the Dragon and the Guestbook, episode five. This is another digital citizen. This is a podcast meant to encourage logic through stupidity and chaos. A podcast meant to incite discussion between friends, enemies, countries, and religions. This is a podcast for us. For the digital world. Welcome, citizen. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 99 and a half, because we had a half episode before. Remember, Luke, intent? Uh, n- no, a half episode. Yeah, when we do, did our... Uh, Election coverage uh, election. special? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess you could count it as a half. I count that as, like, extra. It's like, I don't add it in, but... Hi, but everybody. Extra doesn't mean, yeah, extra doesn't mean more on this podcast because we're not stealing that gimmick. See what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> bonus. Is... That was like a bonus uh, episode, I guess. I wouldn't yep. count it as like part of the actual uh, line of episodes, but I don't know. It's in the it's in <laughs> that uh, cinematic world, I guess, or our own little podcasty in the world in our pantheon of episodes mhm mhm ooh yes fro knows cool words how's your week been uh pretty good it seems like it went by really fast uh i don't know where the time went this week all of a sudden it was just podcast day again and uh mm. I, f- I feel like i was really busy all week, so yeah. Mm. Uh, I've been scam baiting a lot this week. Uh, other than that, that, I watched a wrestling match with a really, really cool guy. I know he, he, his name is Luke. I don't know if you met him. You called it a wrestling match again, bro. Did I? Yes. Really? Yes. Oh my god! I did that. Like, how many times did I do that during that boxing match? Oh, I don't even know. Many times, though. <laughs> many, 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 many times. Many, many, many times. So, are you are you ready to uh, uh, have a, a little sneak preview of a uh, cool little thing called Make Fro Blush by telling uh, 
kind of strange stories uh, of Rose life. Okay. Okay, I have two stories to tell you. Uh, let's start with uh, what happened with me on Sunday. So, in Lillehammer, where I live, there's this uh, evangelistic uh, kind of Pentecostal church that I never been to uh, because okay. it has a root. Yeah, the rumor before I was there uh, was there there were a little too much hallelujah, if you know what I mean. A little too little content and a little too much talking in tongues and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. And to be completely honest with you, I don't really like stuff like that. I'm not that kind of Christian, to be honest. I find it more irritating, and to be uh, completely honest with you, I also do think it's a little scary because I I do think that people that are talking in tongues are really not talking in tongues but more or less talking to themselves and when it's then translated into Norwegian like normal Norwegian I really lose the point of doing it because what do you mean, trans? You can translate tongues into a language? I'm confused. How did you do that? Well, if you are, if you are a talking in tongue priest, for example, right? Like this priest was on Sunday. He translated what this guy was saying in tongues. Okay. So, yeah. That and the guy who was speaking in tongues was like, yep, that's what I was saying. Or... I have no clue. Yeah, that's like, confusing for me, to me. For, for me, it was just, uh, uh, two people agreeing to act like two crazy people. Like, if you, I say, And you go, yes, what Pro is trying to say now, that uh, it was a really good post podcast uh last week like it, <laughs> it, 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 it yeah but that's exactly how it felt like look i'm i'm not fucking kidding with you i it was most it was one of the most bizarre things i've seen in my entire life and i've seen a lot of crazy fucking things in my life yeah that just sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me but yeah <laughs> Sounds like the people that That's... are way too high on themselves. You know uh -huh. what I mean? They're like, That's I exactly how it has. I can translate not language. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. Super super weird. So that's my first story. My other story is that I got virtually married this week, and I'm not kidding with you. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I laugh because it's a funny story. Uh, for me. Uh, so, this scam baiting, uh, I met this girl called Margaret. Hi, Margaret. Uh, and uh, she's really sweet, and she's from uh, Manchester in uh, United Kingdom. So, that's why I wanted to talk to Tilly, by the way. Uh, because I, um, I'm 
trying to come to Tilly's birthday and also maybe visit this girl that I got in contact with. Blush, blush. This is the blush part of the story. Okay. Uh, and we hit it off. Like, uh, it felt like I talked to her. My, like, we've been friends like 60 years. You know when you meet people, you just get along with. Like, you and me, the first time we talked to, to each other, we just got along for some strange reason. Some people click, some people don't. Right. And we just clicked. And and we, ju- we have the same kind of humor. And she's extremely, extremely funny. And she's really pretty. And I like her a lot. I do. Uh, so I'm a little excited to see where things go. So that is uh, the segment where Pro Blush. Really <laughs> right was. on. It's good yeah. though. Yeah, I I feel I feel like I I deserve some happiness in my life, and scam baiting is making me happy, and she's awesome. Like she's she is uh, yeah really extremely cool and we have a lot of in common and she even has a playstation cool they look so we can play games together is that that's a yeah oh. yeah the miracles of and, the internet yeah yeah, yeah. so uh um uh the, the person that uh and we can announce that in episode uh one or one 101 a spear shaker that's going to be uh, there then he was the priest in that wedding. So we got virtually <laughs> virtually married. I'm not I'm not sure if it counts in in other places than just in YouTube at that moment, but who cares? I I, I really don't I have no idea. Well you obviously didn't sign any papers, so legal there's no legal <laughs> documents or anything probably, right? So No. There may it be even, some even... level of of truth to it being real, maybe, uh, but I doubt it. <laughs> Me too. So that is my two weird stories of the week. Uh, let's go into what we are supposed to talk about. The news! Has anything happened in the world this week, Luke? Some things happened this week, yeah. Uh... That was that was a really open. And non-direct question, wasn't it? Yeah, there were some animals ate food and (laughs) water flowed down Uh, mountains. Uh, It it rained in certain places. Um, I guess something we didn't have in our news, there's a giant hurricane in in Texas that, uh, that affected Houston really badly. And... They're still having problems down there, so good luck in ho- uh, sending good thoughts to everybody there. Uh, I know a few people in Texas, so I know they're mm-hmm. um, they're all trying to work together to to fixing because it's like a massive amount yeah. of water there. Uh, and my dad is from Houston, Texas, so oh okay, yeah. The thing is, it's like I think that when it when it gets that much rain there, the ground because uh, it's so dry, it doesn't soak up the water as well because it's like solid. Uh, it's, the ground is not as absorbent because it's been dry for so long. So the water, it's a lot harder to get rid of the water 
once it gets there. So right. I saw some pictures. It does not look great, but that's that was not in our news. Uh, but uh, one thing that uh, surprised me a little uh, watching the uh, news, and this is from the Observer, that court concedes that DNC, the Democratic National Committee, had the right to rig and listen to this, the primaries against Bernie Sanders. How can a court decide that it's okay to rig an well, election? If, uh, I guess we got to go back to uh, we've talked about the DNC lawsuit in the past. The, um, people right. were suing the DNC uh, because they had given money to the Democratic National Committee uh, specifically to help out Bernie Sanders because Bernie Sanders was running as a Democrat. And they sued to get their money back, saying that they uh, the DNC took money under false pretenses because they never uh, were going to use that money to help Bernie Sanders. They, it was always they were it was going to be rigged against him. Um, so it's kind of like if you were to give money to a charity and then that charity went and used your money for something completely different or, you know, than what they said the charity was actually about. Um, so that was going through the judge or the DNC lawyers tried to get this dismissed. And one of the reasons, and this was the most recent one, and the reason it did get dismissed was the lawyers said, uh, just because it says in the DNC bylaws that they're going to be impartial doesn't, it's not legally binding. Uh, they basically said that they have the right to cheat and it's not, they're, they're not breaking the law, uh, not being impartial. Um, so weird. So I find that, I find that extremely, extremely confusing right so the dnc basically admitted uh in this court hearing that they cheated and that they're allowed to cheat and uh and then the court uh the judge dismissed it under these rules because uh the judge found found for them that they yeah they can cheat and there's nothing there's no no laws against it so they didn't right so I'm sure that this is just the beginning. Uh, I know there. I saw an interview with the people, uh, one of the lawyers who is suing them, and he said that they're going to take it to a higher court. So we'll wait for that. But as far as this judge goes, it's a little. It's just really weird that they, the DNC can cheat Bernie Sanders, and then just admit it, and nobody gets in trouble for it. <laughs> So yeah, we don't really wow. have real elections in America. I mean, when it comes down to that, if um, it's just a handful of people just picking who they want to be the Democratic candidate, we didn't actually have a choice. It was all just an illusion of choice. You know what I mean? That's right. That's what happened. <laughs> and it's. But, but, oh. I feel like yeah, we were but, saying it the whole time that like. It seems like they're cheating Bernie Sanders, even when they didn't have any evidence, and now we do have evidence because of WikiLeaks, because of other things, and now this court case, which they admitted they cheated. So, yeah. 
I don't start this. I mean, I guess we always knew that um, elections weren't as free and fair as uh, they present them to be, I guess, but this is just, like, ridiculous. And yeah. it should be being talked about more, probably, but you're not yeah, going to see oh, anything definitely. about this lawsuit on, like, CNN, MSNBC, BBC, anything like that, so... Also in the news from BBC News, uh, Theresa May ex- accused of backtracking on boardroom excess. Prime Minister Theresa May has been accused by labor and trade unions of, and I'm using uh, uh, air quotes here, ladies and gentlemen, watering down plans to tackle corporate access. Excess, meaning like, like too excess. having them get too big, you know, things like that. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. But uh, Downing Street says that uh, Miss May has uh, been constant in her approach under government reforms. Uh, UK biggest firms uh, will uh, have to be uh, to uh, reveal how much their chief uh, executives are paid compared uh, with the average worker. What I find really, really good. Yeah, it seems like uh, a good idea. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't really think good. a lot of people are going to base what job they get on, uh, what job they get based on this. But I guess if you were in a really um, lo- uh, a line of work where there's just tons and tons of jobs, uh, mm. maybe that could be the case. But uh, you're not going to pick your where you work based on that. But it is good to know what kind of company you're working for i guess i also like this uh, thing uh where it says companies will also be encouraged to represent workers voices on boards union attacks plants saying that they're feeble and labor said uh, the prime minister had backtracked on promises so i i i find that that it, this is a good really really good idea I do. I don't see anything wrong with it. Uh, no. I don't know how anybody would fight against this because it's just kind of a general... Um, yeah. What's a good... Knowledge thing. Yeah, it's just something that should be available to anybody who's working for a company uh, is to be able to know this and not have to, like, do, like, a ton of research to figure out what it is. It should just be available to you when you are getting hired. And I think that's what they're trying to do here um i'm sure it it could once this actually comes out i'm sure we may see some really interesting uh numbers as far as companies go of how much their employees make compared to the ceos uh i i'm kind of looking forward to that uh for future news so it's going to be interesting from the local.no, our favorite Norwegian newspaper, because it has uh, Norwegian news in English. Uh, Netflix wins the right to make film of Norway's Utea terror attacks. A film about the July uh, 22nd terror attacks carried uh, out by the ring-wing extremist Anders Breivik in Oslo. Uh, and the island of Utah will be produced by the streaming giant 
English director Paul Greengrass will direct uh, the film. I love, I love Paul Greengrass. So oh, okay. That is, yeah, I'm really excited about this. The film will, uh, according to reports, use Norwegian actors and has a budget of 20 million pounds that equalize 180 million kroner. Uh, preparation has begun uh, uh, for the filming of the movie, which is scheduled to take place during the autumn. I'm guessing they're going to film on the actual island, is what I'm thinking. Yes, yeah. It makes sense. Yes. Why wouldn't they, you know what I mean? But oh, yeah. Um, what do you think about this? Uh, should, when I saw this, should... I was like, sometimes there's stories that just jump out and go, that's going to be in our news. And this is one, of, you know, oh. it's like, it's got Netflix uh, movie. It's got movies, and it's got yeah. the the, ter- the Brevix, Brevix terror attacks. It was like all yeah. jam. It's like this was perfect for our news. Um, yeah, twenty million dollars, pretty good budget. Uh, yeah, for a Netflix movie, I think. Yeah, totally. Okay. Uh, and it seems like it's got. Uh, I mean, uh, as far as like the director. It seems like he could. He's done some good stuff in the past, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, he he he's done the Bourne movies. We're we're not talking about maybe the the last Jason Bourne was a shit movie, but but uh, Bourne Ultimatum, the Bourne Supremacy, and the first Bourne uh, movies really good movies. Uh, right, oh yeah, that would be the first one. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, and then he did the most recent one as well. The, yeah, yeah, wasn't, 2016 yeah, one, wasn't, which wasn't as good, good, but I thought it was better than the Bourne Ultimatum. We'll say that. I'll say oh, yeah, that. Uh, yeah, but he did some other movies, but he's not like, yeah, it, he's not like a Academy Award winning director or anything. But he is. He's he got enough of a track record that I'm not afraid that this they're going to do something bad and make this movie ridiculous or something like that. So. He was nominated for an Oscar, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was uh, nominated for uh, Best Achievement in Directing uh, for United 93 from 2007. Oh, the movie okay. was made in 2006. That is a disaster movie that's really good, by the way. Uh, I, re- I remember it. Uh, I liked I didn't, it. I didn't, I didn't think it was all that great. To be honest with you, but that's just me. But anyway, yeah, um, it's based uh, by a book uh, that's really, really good called uh, by Austin Sayerstad called uh, "Enos, One of Us," uh, and uh, they said. And here's the thing that's not included in in this um, article, but that I've heard before. Uh, that uh, they said uh, that uh, Breivik himself will not be in the movie. Like they 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 will not hire an actor to play Breivik. So I'm a little concerned about that because huh. they don't want to give the theorists any. Uh, How do you the, make a movie about something and not have the person the movie's about? Uh... I. I'm I'm not sure, so it's going to be interesting to see how. What I guess I could see how you. Would, I guess you could do like 
just the story of the people on the island and maybe the end of the movie is like the attack happening and then you never you yeah. never you know what I mean you never really see the attacker see that, uh, I could see yeah. how they could do that but mm, we will see we will see yeah it's going to probably come out I'm guessing 2018 so so uh we talked about Trump saying that uh there will be no transgender people in the military we talked about that Two, three weeks ago or something right like he that? tweeted something out and it wasn't official yeah. and this week he uh, came out and officially <laughs> banned transgender people in the military yeah i'm sorry what the fucking <laughs> we pretty much talked about it before this is really stupid and uh <sighs> so doesn't really make any sense it's like if you want to get paid to uh, risk your life, or uh, what does it matter who or like how you live your life? You're getting paid to like murder people, number one. So, uh, yeah, this whole thing's kind of just silly uh, because it's it shouldn't be an issue, but for Republicans, it is an issue. And like I said when we were talking about it last time, it probably has to do with locker rooms. They're like, how are we gonna make another locker room? I bet that's what this is all about. I'm so fed up with Trump. How long is it till we have a re-election? This week it seemed like in the news they were talking all about how Trump, Trump's going to resign. He's on the verge of resigning oh. because uh, a, a bunch of people quit uh, or were fired in the White House in the last couple weeks, mm. which has been happening consistently the whole t- the last whatever seven months that he's been in office so that's not unusual but there's been a lot of talk about trump resigning from office which we'd get mike pence I, in there i guess so not much better why does it feel like we had eight years with donald trump already right and it's been seven months uh uh-huh. yeah well here's the thing i'm tired of the guy now How here's the thing about our next story when... uh okay Trump rolling. Trump's going to roll back the limits of the amount of military gear that U.S. police can have. Yeah. So if I transgender want to shoot people and be in type of a militarized uh, job, they can just join the police force <laughs> because they'll have the access to all the same weapons and everything, right? So mm. only difference is you're going to be shooting people on the American streets and not uh, in Afghanistan. That's the only real difference there. You know what I mean? Do you know what me- I'm being makes sarcastic, even more? Yes, I know you're being sarcastic. Yeah, I'm just letting everybody else know. <laughs> okay. I know Luke is being sarcastic. Uh, but, uh, like, uh, what even disturbs me may- maybe even more that the most fanatic people that support him are Christians, Luke. How... Ah. Uh... Uh... Sometimes I'm not really proud of being Christian. Makes me unproud of it. Because he, according to himself, is a Christian. So. Uh, yes. Uh, I, I mean, he's a, if he, those... he's, I think he said yeah. he's evangelical as well. So, yeah. yeah. If Donald Trump is a Christian, I guess I am an atheist. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> 
No, but uh, you understand what I mean. Like it, it, it gives it, uh, like uh, uh, if people don't like speak out uh, uh, about it, like if they don't speak against it, it's going to to turn into like I saw I, I saw this uh, statistic from where was it? Like the Bible Belt in 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 uh, Norway, that oh, okay. uh, they they support the most conservative parties of of Norway, and I was like I I, I was thinking of it when we were watching uh, it on the election special election. We were watching how the country turned from blue to red. Do you remember how blue it was in the beginning? Uh, and how much? Yeah, I guess so. More, 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 more red. It came to be more during during the the over the course of the so, night. Yeah, yeah. It was it was like we were watching like a, a epidemic like spread through the country, and it it annoys the heck out of me that uh, being Christian is looked upon as being conservative. It isn't always like that. Uh, but I would say but. being Christian, most people who are Christian, are, at least in America, are going to lean that way. And it might not yeah. even be like in a any kind of substan- substantial... Uh, I totally agree with you. That, uh, that they might not me. have any actual idea of what conservative or liberal even means... But because the other people in their church and everybody else is who they oh, know is talking about, hey, this is who I'm voting for, then they'll yeah. just vote. Yeah, it's the blindly following uh, yeah. people. Yeah, exactly. Blindly following the conservatives, even though the conservatives are going to screw them over, uh, they'll but still blindly follow. They, yeah. Don't they understand? Like this is uh, irritating me for quite a while. Don't they understand that Jesus talked about libertism? Like he talks about libertism. It's not conservative in at all. If you look at what Jesus actually said, I would put him as one of the most liberal persons in the entire world. He said the first law was love, love. Right, oh. but these are people who. You know, they live in the church. Like, the church is I understand that, part of their life. And everybody that they know and everybody they associate with is in that bubble. And in that bubble, they don't see conservatives as being uh, against, uh, you know, against things like um, you know, feeding the poor or things like that. They go, they say to themselves, oh, we, we do feed the poor right here in our church so i can vote for donald trump or whatever and but, but why, i'm still doing do I... good on a personal level so right. it, it all evens out or something like that because everybody but else why... i know is voting for donald trump right but why do i feel like the only liberal christian in the world that's the it's it annoys it the heck out of me sometimes i, anyway, yeah, I can see that about... Biblical times. <laughs> See what I did there. Oh, well, let's go back. Uh, we oh. kind of skipped over the military gear going to the police. Oh, okay. Uh, Sorry about that. No, it's no. It, it kind of goes with that because 
this is, you know, I don't think Jesus would be giving police officers grenade launchers to, um, what? to police, uh, their own communities with, so I I'm guessing. But yeah, it says they- You, you mean the man that said, love your neighbor, didn't say, shoot them down? No, I don't think he did. Uh, probably because they didn't have guns then. But local police departments uh, will have access to grenade launchers, high-caliber weapons, and other surplus U.S. military gear, uh, including, like, MRAPs and other vehicles like that. Um, during the Obama administration, he... I think it was 2015, he cut back on that, especially after the Ferguson... Um, protests uh, where you saw uh, these militarized police with these giant tanks take over a U.S. city. It did not look good, and Obama said, we got to do something about that. So he kind of stopped uh, the bigger weapons and things going to the local police forces, and Trump says, no, let's. they need these grenade launchers to enforce the law, I guess. Which is well, grenade launchers. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Think about that for a second. Like, uh, I live in a country now where my own police force is an occupying, um, is an occupying force within it, the own my own country. You know what I mean? My own country mm -hmm. is occupying itself. <laughs> it's really. Mm -hmm. Maybe you will start a civil war with yourself. I mean, you uh, seems before. like people are trying as hard as they can, <laughs> right? Uh, something mm. that came out this week um, that wasn't in there, but kind of goes with the Charlottesville stuff we covered a few weeks ago. Um, mm -hmm. And we had said that there was some people, uh, you know, f fighting each other over this, uh, over these statues or whatever. This week in Berkeley. Um, and San Francisco, I believe there were supposed to be, like, freedom of speech rallies. I think they both got canceled, but people showed up to counter-protest, even though the free speech rallies got canceled, the other protesters showed up. Um, and some of the free speech pro protesters did show up and were attacked by uh, people with, uh, with uh, you know, clubs... Uh, they were beaten, like, I saw a video of one, it was one guy, and there was, like, six people with black masks beating the crap out of this guy, uh, so there were liberal, uh, liberal-leaning people beating up conservatives this week, that happened, um, that's not helping anything, <laughs> like, last week, there, there was a lot of people saying, like, or two weeks ago, with the Charlottesville thing, there was a lot of people talking about how it was one-sided and the Nazis were doing all the violence and now you're, these people in San Francisco are just giving they're giving uh, that side ammo to say, well look look what happened in Berkeley Like, it's not just our side that's violent that side's being violent too uh, how dumb do you have to be to give the not, like neo-Nazis this kind of ammunition against you it's really silly stupid yeah, this country's going down the tubes quick, but I guess we knew that was going to happen right when Trump got into office, so... Toot, toot. Not a huge surprise. Final we story. Need 
We don't need the Nazi train. We we have the Trump train. Right. <laughs> oh, we haven't had an update on the Nazi treasure train in ages. Uh, last time we you talked know? about it, they had gone into the caves that they were looking into, and they didn't find anything. So. Oh, that's right. That's right. That was kind of the end of that story. Yeah. Mm. Okay, well, we talked about biblical times. Uh, 3,700 3, <laughs> 3, years ago. That doesn't sound correct. How do you say that? 3,700 years ago? You can yeah. say that. Can yeah, that's, that's correct. Or 3,700 that... years. 3,700 uh, yeah, 3, year old tablet. Yeah. yeah, okay, okay. Either one. Just... They both work. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just. I think I sound a little wedge. I'm Norwegian, everybody, if you didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, 3,700 years ago, there was this old Babylon tablet, and it's now it's been discovered, and it rewrites history of math and shows that Greeks did not develop trig. Trigonometry. Trigonometry, right. Oh, that's hard for me to say. It's even harder yes. to do. But yeah, uh, apparently <laughs> the Babylonians, like it said, invented trigonometry 1,500 years before the Greeks did. Uh, so this basically changes the way we see the history of math. Not only that, this method... Uh, is more accurate and sophisticated than the mes method we use, the Greek method we use wow. now. Um, yeah. So it may change the way we actually use the math itself uh, because it may be more accurate and uh, than the way we're doing it now. And it's from, like like you said, almost 4,000 years ago. So that's very interesting. And if you think this tablet is big, uh, there's a picture of, Dr. Daniel Mainfield on this page from uh, the Telegraph, and he can fit this. Would you say it is as big as one hand, maybe? It's almost the size Little. probably of, of a cell phone. It looks like like you could put it in your pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like an iPhone size. Right, a, maybe a little wider, but it's yeah, a, yeah. It's a little rock, and it's got uh, symbols on it. Uh, yeah, and like we said, it's very interesting because it's more advanced than the trigonometry we're using now. So, it's... Yeah. The most interesting thing about this is that it just changes the way we see math in general, and, uh, those kind of things can come around and just change the way history is perceived. Uh, and this is just a small kind of example of that, but... I'm sure there's other things out there in the world that would do the same thing on a much larger scale. So it's kind of interesting. Would you wish that your country uh, did it a different way when it came to voting? Uh, yeah. I've, I've said it in the past. Number one, we need to get rid of superdelegates because that is right. ridiculous in the Democratic side. Um, and I'd like to go... There actually, I think there is a state that's trying it uh, in the 2018, but go to kind of the 
Australian style where you v- give a vote to everybody that's running. So you number out your candidates and then the candidate with the highest number of numbers uh, wins instead of the person with the popular vote. Uh, yeah. It's just a, I think it's a better way to set up a voting system because it gives you a better idea of what the populace actually wants as opposed to just what one side wants or what the other side wants. So, And the election in Norway is coming closer by the second. And Trun is going to talk about making voting easier. This is Trun where Trun tells the truth. America calls themselves the freest country in the world, something I find very amusing. Last time I saw an election in the United States, there were big queues to get in to vote. Yes, big lines, you can stand there for hours. That doesn't happen in Norway. That's not because people don't want to vote, but we have early voting. The, our election is in the middle of September. It is 9-11 of September, funny enough. But you can vote from already the beginning of August. Yes, yes, this is because students who live in another city will have be able to vote. So the vote will get to their hometown before the election day. That's called early voting. I can vote already now. If I go to a library on my way to work, I can vote. I can go by City Hall. There are possibilities to vote there too. And part different places in the city, in town, suburbs, you can do early voting. You can do early voting to the Friday before the election. And the election is Monday 11th. Isn't that great? If there were one thing Democrats and Republicans and all kind of other people should be agree about, it's make it easier to vote. Very, make it very easy to vote. Make it easy to vote as buying an Amazon. I don't know why this isn't. Democrats can always blame Republicans for this. And they do sometimes. But isn't this their fault too? You can even vote on elderly homes in Norway. You can even vote in prisons. Yes, people who sit in don't lose their right to vote. That's democracy, people. That's how real democracy is. We don't throw people out of society just because they are in jail. We try to make them a part of society anyway. This this hasn't changed the election a lot, but it's a very clear principle. Why isn't this a case during your election? In 2018, one of the democratic stance will be make it easier to vote so everybody can do it. Maybe they will help uh, liberals and Democrats in the short run, but uh, the best thing is it will help all the American population. More early voting and more places to vote. It costs a little bit of money, but democracy costs a little bit, a lot of money. The other thing costs a lot more. This is what Tron, with Tron tells the truth. We have a Facebook page. It's another digital citizen on Facebook. Facebook? Have you heard about Facebook? Facebook, yeah. Facebook. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if there is a fake book that is like not actually, it looks just like Facebook, but it's fake Do you know what fake book is? Uh, oh, is that a, a real thing? 
Yeah, it's a porn site. Uh, let's oh. not talk about that. <laughs> I think it is. I saw something about that. Because I know nothing about porn. I never watched it. What's porn? <laughs> let's cut this out. <laughs> no, I like it. It's all good. I- I'm looking it up right now. Fake book is a collection of musical lead lead sheets uh, intended to help a performer quickly learn and perform new songs. <laughs> I, made, I made myself blush. Oh my god. That's funny. Okay, then I'm going to tell my joke because uh, you're in, we have some breaks. And the most funny jokes I, I found about uh, our episode being 99 was this joke. And here it comes. We have 99 episodes. But the beach ain't one! <laughs> and I don't mean that in the uh, photography way. What was it? The photography? The photography? In a derogatory way. way. Right. Yeah. Norway. Um, Norway! <laughs> we have an email address if anybody wants to send us email. Another digital citizen at gmail.com. That's another digital citizen, all one word, at gmail.com. Uh, we got an email. From our favorite email, Jeremy. What a surprise. Okay. Thank you again, Jeremy. All right. uh, I don't know how much attention you guys pay to WWE, but what are they doing with James Ellsworth? Yeah. Didn't this, the feel-good story of a lovable loser getting his time to shine run its course after WrestleMania? Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't even think he was going to be at WrestleMania, but... He got uh, the feel-good moment, he had a storyline, it's done, and now he's just uh, malingering, taking up salary space. Jeremy. Uh, what do we think uh, about... I really like James Ellsworth and Carmella, personally. Maybe. I didn't see SmackDown this week. <laughs> I did not see SmackDown. I, uh, I saw mm-hmm. Raw, but what do you think about James Ellsworth and Carmella from? I love them together. He, I, he makes her better. I think so too. Yeah. So personally, I love their storyline. I'm sorry that you don't like it, Jeremy, but I I fucking love it. I can I understand though, as far as like he had the storyline uh, he was doing, yeah. and then all of a sudden they put him with Carmella, and they yeah. it seemed like they were gonna go somewhere with it, as far as um him getting why the in the bank. Yeah, why yeah. she would want to join up with him uh, originally. When they first joined up, she was like, hey, yeah. Ellsworth. And then they were just kind of. And then they did the whole thing where she dressed him up in the clothes. And it seemed yeah. like that was going somewhere, like she was using him. And I guess she mm-hmm. did use him in, in the sense that he helped her get the money in the bank, bank briefcase. But right. was she planning that far ahead? That she, all the way back before WrestleMania, she was like. I'm going to w- wait months and months and months and hang out with this guy I don't actually like uh, to get the Money in the Bank briefcase. But it seems like she does like him now. And I actually, when he disappeared there for a while, got fake kicked off of SmackDown and she had the free Ellsworth shirt, that was actually pretty great also. So funny. So yeah, I think me oh, and Fro I- agree. We, we like James Ellsworth. Uh, yeah. I think they could have done the storyline, the original storyline of him, those two getting together better. But uh, as far as WWE, I was pretty happy with it. Um, 
I didn't get around way, watching like... SmackDown this week because on Monday I started watching Raw and it's Battle Royal happened and I instantly tuned out and stopped watching and saw the rest of yesterday. But holy crap, what a terrible, horrible wrestling program Raw was. Raw is getting worse and worse. This was the... I think this is the worst wrestling show I've seen in five five years. It This this Raw oh, was awful. It opened oh, yeah. up with a battle royal. I don't like battle yep. royals. They're the most boring match yep. you can have. Uh... Uh, but uh, it depends. It depends. We, we, you like you like the Royal Battle Royal. Royal you? Rumble. Royal yeah, but Royal Rumble is Royal different Rumble. than a Battle yeah. Royal where you just have everybody already in the ring. Uh, when you have the cool... Uh, when you have the countdown entrances... But the, but the winner didn't make any sense at all. I don't have no clue where they're going with the winner of this Battle Royal. Uh, I don't even remember who won, to be honest with you. I'd have to... Uh, one of the hardiest. Oh, right, Jeff. Yeah, I, I remember now. Yeah. Uh, they... Jeff Hardy's a big star. Uh, he's still... People still love Why? Jeff Hardy, and they still see him as... Why? The guy from the 90s. People Stop. still see that, and they want to cash in on that. I think it's really sad that the whole reason the Hardys got back in the WWE is because of... The Broken Hardy broken gimmick. gimmick. Yeah. And, and they it. can't use it. Uh, or whatever. And now WWE has just g- kind of reverted them back to the original like 90s, early 2000s mm-hmm. Hardys. Um, I didn't like them in the 90s. Sorry. Uh, I liked Jeff Hardy in the 90s. <laughs> uh, I remember like liking Jeff Hardy in the 90s. I had like a signed an autograph photo of him for a while, but I don't know what happened to it. Um, but yeah, Raw, and then the Raw segment with Cena and Roman Reigns. Holy shit. That was atrocious. What the hell? <laughs> hey, I, I, do we not, they don't know how wrestling is or how wrestling mm-hmm. works. Like, it, I hated this. I know there's probably a lot of people who are like, oh, it's so great. They're breaking the fourth wall. John Cena actually said, I'm breaking the fourth wall in the promo. Yeah. They talked about uh, shooting a promo and and how yeah. he goes, what did he say? It's called a promo, buddy. you got to learn how to do it if you're going to be the top dog. Oh, uh, shut up. I hated the ah! And then the ending, let's, uh, the women's match at the end of Raw. Mm. Let's hotshot mm-hmm. another title back and forth. That makes it yeah. important, right? Mm-hmm. All in all, Raw was w- one of the worst wrestling programs I've seen in mm-hmm. years. So That's a good way to get us into TV, though, I guess. Thank you again, Jeremy, oh. um, for the email. Mm-hmm. What did you see on TV this week, Fro? Besides Absolutely wrestling, of course. Thing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? I said absolutely nothing. <laughs> uh, I watched Lego Masters. I told you about this on the pay-per-view. We oh, were yeah. Watching. Um, this is a reality show where Lego builders come and compete in the uh, art of Legoing. And it's British, and it's really, really fun reality show 
one of the best reality shows I've seen in years. I'm going to check this out next week. I forgot to write it down, uh, so I totally spaced it, but I want to check it out. I'm guessing it's like, uh, you got to tell me, Fro, but I'm guessing it's kind of like Cake Wars, except for with Legos? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, Cake Wars, Wars. I love Cake Wars, so that is 110% correct. Okay. So yeah, I'll be interested uh, in I, it. Then I watched the last season of uh, of uh, Six Feet Under with my dad because he had never seen Six Feet Under first and before, and I wanted to watch the last season with him. Right. So that we did together because we're cool as the cucumbers. Uh, but then. Uh, I decided, and this is where uh, you have absolutely nothing to say because you don't care, but I decided to watch The Defenders. Oh my god, The Defenders. So, The Defenders is Jessica Jones, The Iron Fist, uh, Daredevil, and Luke Cage together. Okay. Uh, this is a special kind of episode. It's eight episodes on Netflix. This is all that Luke hates in one bundle of joy. <laughs> uh, yeah, because you you don't really care about superhero things at all. No, which so is actually I, kind of well, funny uh, when we get into my TV round, but I saw this came out. Yeah. I knew it was happening. Yeah. I just don't care. Right. I read... A lot of reviews for this and I've seen people liking it so when I went into it I I had a moderate kind of interest because I thought Iron Fist was the worst thing I've seen on Netflix ever maybe uh, I have no clue why they put it on Netflix it was atrocious Jessica Jones I liked Blue Cage was so-so uh, and uh, Daredevil I really like uh, uh, both season one and two. This made me think that all those series I watched before it was a waste of time. <laughs> like it's it's it, it, it's maybe the most shitty thing I've seen. Since I don't know, I I am so disappointed in, in the show. Look, it's it made me almost cry. I I I wanted I wanted to 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 tell the television to turn yourself off. It's probably going to get better. Like that's what I thought in every episode. Like. Oh, uh, uh, the end episode is going to resolve everything, and it's going to be amazing. Guess what, Luke? It wasn't amazing. It wasn't good. I don't care what you fanboys out there say. You're going to scream, oh, no, it's good, it's good. No, it's not. It's atrocious. It's, oh. Is this superhero movie TV, is it? Has it jumped the shark yet? Because I'm, I'm, I've been waiting for like a couple years now. 
Oh, this this made me regret watching all the good TV shows. And it is it. Uh, <laughs> Fro is blowing out everybody's ear eardrums, but that's like... yes. But that's exactly like like that. That's how I feel. I feel like it's a, an empty pile of shit upon shit. Like your hate for Eurovision times 2060 times 2060 in eternity. That's how I felt about this. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else you saw this week? Yeah, I saw some boxing match, but we're going to talk about that later. Oh, are we? Oh, I was going to talk about it now. Yeah, that's what I meant by later. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's talk about it now. Yeah, we, me and Fro saw the uh, Mayweather-McGregor fight. Um, boxing has a lot of waiting around, we found out. Yeah, holy <laughs> shit, we waited around. Uh, yeah. Even just during the fight, in between the rounds is like, oh. it feels like forever, because you're sitting there for, you know, it's only like two, two minutes or something, but... It feels like the fight takes forever, 12 rounds. I don't know. I'm just not used to watching boxing. It's nothing like pro wrestling so, um, or MMA. And it, I'm, I'm sure it didn't help by me saying, oh, I can't wait for this wrestling match to wait every five seconds. <laughs> I can see how you make the mistake because we usually watch wrestling. But I know. I know. But is boxing a big thing in Norway? I remember seeing something about how... Didn't we do like a news article at some point that yeah. MMA is not oh, even sh- allowed in Norway or something like that? Yeah, MMA isn't allowed in Norway. Right. Boxing just came illegal here in Norway. Just became legal? Oh, okay. Yeah, just this year. But, I mean, as far as this fight goes, everybody was talking about it. Uh, everybody. Uh, even people yeah, who... I saw a lot of complaining online about how this match was a shitty match. Really? Me I thought it was yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Fro were happy it. about it. I thought it uh for being a boxing match, it had a good story to it. Um yeah. with him kind of almost going the distance but then right at the end it was like the round before he got knocked out. Me and Fro yeah. were looking at McGregor going, "He's done. He is done for." Yeah. Like he could barely get his he arms so up tight. to protect himself yeah. and everything. So yeah. yeah. Um so me and Fro watched that. Uh, I saw a bunch of TV this week. Uh, Celebrity Big Brother finale. I don't mm-hmm. know if you forgot. Did you see that, Fro? No, because I haven't watched any of Big Brother this year. Any of the Celebrity Big Brother? Right. No, never. Not one single episode. Oh, okay. Two but you, did, you are watching American Big Brother still, right? Yes. Yes, yes, right. yes. Well, Sarah Harding won Celebrity Big Brother. Apparently she was yeah. a, in a girl uh pop group i I, never seen her before but she somehow won very strange uh geordie shore season 15 started this week staying in the uk (laughs) yes that is still a show um that is still a show yeah and it's just as goofy as ever so Mm -hmm. you can't really go wrong with it. it it seems like there's no way to make it better but there's also no way to really make it any worse I, that's how I feel about Jordy Shore. I like it. Like uh, I, I'm going to be 
be completely honest with you, I I enjoy that show. Yeah, me too. Um, let's see. I, I was getting caught up on some TV as well. I saw two episodes of Somewhere Between, which is the show. It's like the based off a South Korean <laughs> TV show, where yeah, it's like uh, it's like a time traveling murder mystery show. So oh. it's pretty interesting. Um, got caught up on that. I saw two episodes of Snowfall, which is the show about the crack epidemic in L.A. and the CIA uh, importing drugs, using uh, Colombian cartels and stuff like that. It's a very interesting, very good show. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that Snowfall ends up on my best TV of the year, because it's a great show. Uh, I saw three episodes of Get Shorty, uh, which I know Uh Fro started last week. That show is also still really, really good. I suggest everybody go check out those two shows uh especially uh oh and then i watched all of the tick that came out this week Um, yeah let's talk about that um which i think is funny because you mentioned earlier how i hate superhero shows yeah but this is like a superhero show making fun of superhero shows so in that way i liked it i was a little surprised how goofy it was, maybe. Well, yeah. You did you watch the cartoon when you were younger? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. But I, when when I read about this, uh, it seemed like they were going in a more serious uh, direction. Oh, really? Because I thought it was more serious. I thought it was going to be goofier than it was. I thought it took itself really? a little too seriously. Compared to the cartoon, oh, which was like a hundred percent a joke, the cartoon was making fun of superhero, the superhero yeah, yeah. genre one hundred percent, and this did make fun of it. Um, oh, yeah, and it's had a lot of the characters from the original had a lot of throwbacks to the cartoon. Uh, if you knew what you were looking for, and but uh, the only thing I had a problem with is the main character. Oh, uh, everybody else, I think the acting's really well done, except for. The guy who plays Arthur, I don't think yeah. is that great of an actor. So I totally agree with you. Uh, uh, let's I, see. Uh, but I, I remember when we talked about this that they were taking it in a darker direction, and and kind of wanted to take away the goofiness. So when I hadn't heard when that. I, uh, I I heard about that. Right. Okay. And uh, uh, that's maybe why I was a little surprised how much goofiness. There was, but I liked it. I, I, like, I, I'm not going to say it was the worst thing ever. Uh, not at all. It's better than the Defenders. Uh, but, but I, I, uh, I, I'm definitely going to see more if it comes more. Uh, yeah, because the way they did this is they split the season in half. Yeah. So the stuff that's out right now is only the first half of the first season. And I think oh. the rest of it's going to come out in a m- couple months. Oh, cool. So, we, yeah, we're going to get the other half of the season. Uh, I mean, even right at the, the very last thing you see is the bad guy going, cliffhanger. Yeah, <laughs> right into yeah the- I like yeah. that. Very funny. I like that. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing, when I was watching Raw, I noticed uh, Mr. Robot got a release date for season yeah, three. Finally. October finally. 11th, we're going to get a new mr robot season so can't wait for that 
We loved season one and two. Oh yeah. For a while there in number two, we were a little like, oh, I don't know. And then you get to the end of season two and it's amazing. Or maybe halfway through season two. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to season three. See what, see what they do and see if they can, um, figure out a way to trick us again. Maybe Hmm. we'll see. Yeah. Maybe. We always feel tricked when we watch that show. But another thing that's tricked us, we are going to talk about later. But, uh... <laughs> oh! The guest book this week. I can't wait, wait to talk about it. Oh, it annoyed me. <clears throat> hey, you like cartoons? I like cartoons. Let's talk about our best cartoons first. Let's do the best. Because that's less interesting. Sure. I think the wor- worst is, is more fun. So, what's your number five best cartoon in the world, Luke? Number five best cartoon in the world. I... Um, here we go. I... I'm gonna go with Two Stupid Dogs. From oh, Cartoon Network. Work. Um, this was a I show that... I was always happy when I was younger if there was an episode of Two Stupid Dogs coming up on mm-hmm. Cartoon Network. Uh, I've always liked that pairing. Even, like, in wrestling, the, I love a tag team that's, like, the little guy. And I loved Cass and Enzo because it was the big guy and then the little guy. And the little guy talks a lot. You know what I mean? It's like, I love that kind of concept in a show. And Two Stupid Dogs is really clever as far as comedy and stuff, so... Yeah, that's my number five. Uh, let's talk about two seconds about that, by the way. What did you think about Enzo going to the Cruiserweight match? Going what? <laughs> Into the Cruiserweight the, the wish. Right, he's going to be on 205. I thought it was, again, really stupid. Um, that is so to... stupid. Here's the real problem with that whole thing, Fro. Oh. Their whole idea here, as far as I can tell, is people like Enzo, and they need they want people to watch 205 Live, right? right so they right. put Enzo in the cruiserweight division. Mm-hmm. But his first match is not on 205 Live, which would make people watch the show. It's on Raw. I know, I know, what? I know. <laughs> so what is the marketing strategy here? It doesn't make any sense. <sighs> raw, 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 raw. Okay, my number five best cartoon of all time. It's Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, I was a little surprised uh, when I made this list uh, that this was... Because I'm, I made the top ten list and I was like, okay, where do I move things? And Avatar The Last Airbender I saw for the first time like last year, maybe? I think it was last year, you because we did our little... Uh, do you remember we, we did the stump pro thing? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, TV shows I had watched and hadn't watched. And this was, like, on the top of things that I hadn't watched. So, The Last Airbender is an anime show. Um, uh, and... Uh, if you want to see it, it's on Netflix, by the way. Uh, I just I just love it. Uh, uh, there's this element of uh, history. Uh, there's 
a lot of humor in it. Uh, I was a little surprised how many, much humor it is in it. And uh, to be honest, the animation is really, really good. And and uh, a lot of good voice acting in this. I, I loved all three seasons of, of The Last Time Airbender. Uh, hated the movie. Loved the TV show. And number four. All right, number four of my favorite. Uh, I went. I'm kind of wondering if I should do my three and my four, switch them. No, let's not. Uh, okay. I went with the Oblongs. The Oblongs? Yes. Have yeah. you ever seen this? I've heard of. Don't think so. If you've not seen the Oblongs, go watch it. Uh, Will Ferrell was the voice of the dad, and it's about. It's kind of about a family who is uh, poor, but, and they've all, it looks like they've all kind of been affected by nuclear waste from the runoff in this town, so the dad doesn't have any legs. Uh, you just have to see it. It's very strange, but it is a very, hmm. very, very funny show, so. Hmm. My number four is uh, a show I think you have higher on your list but it's my number four uh, it's Samurai Jack uh, we covered Samurai Jack on the show so I'm not sure how much it is to say about it uh, if you haven't seen it it's about this samurai called Jack and he's trapped in uh, the future and he can't get back yeah, yeah. that's my number four all right. My number three, is that where we're at? Yep. My number three favorite cartoon of all time. I went Dino Riders. Dino Riders? Wow. Which was one of my favorite. <laughs> it was one of, it, like, there were very limited amount of those cartoons. And so to me, when I saw it, it was more special than cartoons that had tons and tons of episodes. I guess, right. but it, a show right. about so people who go back in time in a spaceship and then uh, they're chased by some evil villains and <laughs> the evil villains control dinosaurs in the past using a brain mm -hmm. box and then mm -hmm. the good people are able to talk to the dinosaurs, <laughs> meant like mental telepathy to work with the dinosaurs. So it's like the good guys and the bad guys both have dinosaurs on their side and they battle each other in the past. It's a weird, weird, weird show. It is show. such a weird show. I I don't have that on my list. I, I kind of wish I had it on my top ten list, but that's a funny show. I like that show. My number three is Family Guy. If you've never seen Family Guy... It's uh, episodic episodes about this family with a talking dog and a talking baby and uh, their family coming up with a lot of uh, weird stuff. Um, it's kind of it's kind of ironic, not ironic. That's not the word I was looking for. It's kind of it's kind of weird that. Uh, Family Guy is this high, and like I, uh, I don't especially like that kind of shows. We we talked about it. Like I, I don't like The Simpsons, 
uh, I I I love Futurama, uh, but uh, I also uh, hate other like kind of shows like Family Guy. American Dad is not so good. Uh, I like American Dad, but I I don't like love it like I love Family Guy. But it it needs to be seen by by people. I I just think you you should start uh, when it was bad animation to see the progress of it. I I love Family Guy. Humor in it is what I like. You're number two. All right, my number two, Invader Zim. Ah. Very good show. Uh, I think this may be one of the first cartoon TV shows that I remember binge-watching before Netflix was ever even really a thing. I remember going to a Blockbuster video rental store. Yeah, back Mm. when those existed. And they had all the Invader Zims on DVD, and I remember going there, and uh, I was with somebody at the time, and we both just binged out on those for, like, a few months, I think. Uh, I remember being upset one time because we went to get the next DVD, and the Blockbuster, somebody had rented it, and we had to wait, like, a week to see the next (laughs) set of episodes. But, yeah, Invader Zim, if you haven't seen it, is about an alien who comes to Earth to do reconnaissance, but he sets himself up as a student in a school, and there's an, one of the kids in the school can tell he's an alien, and for some reason nobody else can. So, it's a very good show. My number two, I briefly mentioned it when we talked about it, is Futurama! Futurama is about uh, this guy from... Our time that gets stuck in a time in a freezer uh, and is uh, revived uh, and needs to uh, work with his uh, triple sixlet uh, of an uncle or whatever uh, in a post office, kind of uh, not post office or, or DHL kind of uh, a delivery service company and they go to different earths and different planets and discover a lot of fun. Uh, Futurama is also made by uh, the mind behind the Simpsons, so it's kind of weird. Yeah. Futurama yeah, very, is... Very good show. I, I need to watch the last few seasons because I stopped after a while watching it um, oh. for whatever reason. I just didn't have access to it or something, but I need to go back and watch the last whatever. Yeah, Who knows how many one. seasons I haven't seen, but I'd love to go back and watch them, yeah. yeah. All right, my number one. Yeah, can I guess? Can I guess? Can I guess? Is it Samurai Jack? It's Samurai Jack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, I, this was not hard pick for me at all no. whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> I'm this not is, surprised. This is a show that I followed when it was originally on TV. Uh, yeah. I saw the last episode of the original series live when it was on uh, the night or the day it was on, I guess. And I remember I had to go to a friend's house because we didn't have Cartoon Network at the time. My my parents didn't. So I went to a friend's house to watch the, the finale. Uh, so I just remember me and him getting super excited for it and uh 
I remember being a little bit like, that's the end? What? And so I was super <laughs> happy when they decided to come back with the new season. So, yeah, Samurai Jack, definitely my number one. You want to guess my no- number one? Uh, no, I, I, I know what it is, but I don't think I should guess. Come on. South Park. Number one is South Park. Um, I, <laughs> I have a show about this. Of course it's South Park. I love South Park. <laughs> if you've never seen an episode of South Park, why haven't you seen an episode of South Park? <laughs> It's about uh, this uh, boys in a uh, uh, town, all uh, in uh, South Park. Uh, that uh, is the worst town to live in. Also, the best town. That some people would say. Uh, if you if you really think about how much that town has gotten through all those twenty seasons, like it is a lot. Like. There's been Barbara Streisand, uh, metal robots there, and it's also been the birthplace of uh, uh, like uh, a lot of uh, fights between Scientology and also like yeah. Think about what that town has gone through. It's weird that it's still there. Right. Almost. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Does any... have that lore of Springfield kind of at this point, uh, as far, like, from The Simpsons, it's like, I think South Park's gotten to that level, it wasn't for a long time, on that kind of Simpsons level of, like, just, um, ingrained into our society here in America, where Mm -hmm. South Park is now, it's just like a staple of American culture, which is very interesting, so. It is. Okay, let's go to our five... Oh, uh, you want to do it? Do you have any uh, oh, honorable mentions? Honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. Let's do that. Let's do like one and one, and we can get through them pre- pretty quick, I think. Um, okay. Uh, what was Did one that get? I had? Oh, Rude Dog. Have you ever oh, seen Rude Dog yeah. from the 90s? I have. It is about a group of dogs... And one of them is Rude Dog. And I don't even know how to describe it other than there's a cat that's always trying to get their food. And they have to battle this cat all the time. And there's also some dog catchers who are some of the bad guys in the show. Uh, but this dog drives a giant pink Cadillac. I don't know. You yeah. just have to see the show. It's very. I loved it when I was a child. So. I have Dexter's Laboratory. That's my number six. Oh, that's a good one. I, um, I love Dexter's Laboratory. Yeah, I always loved De- Dexter's Lab when I was a kid, for sure. Yeah. It was on, like, kind of near um, Samurai Jack when it re- originally yeah. was on, so. Yeah. Uh, I had Animaniacs in there. Animaniacs, yeah. I have that on my list, too. Uh, I have the Powerpuff Girls. We're just going down the Cartoon Network list right now, aren't we? I had Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Uh, I had uh, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. <laughs> uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog. I always love yep. that show. Uh, I also have that on my list. Uh, let me look through... No, that's... You stole a lot of mine. Uh, Johnny Bravo? 
I always like Johnny oh, Bravo. Love Johnny Bravo. Here's a super obscure one: Ricochet Rabbit. Never heard about that. It was about. It was like an old western town, and there was this rabbit who was the sheriff, and his kind of superpower was he could like go run really fast, like extremely fast, but he had no control when he ran really fast. So he would bounce off of things like he would be like, I'm going to save the town. And then he would go into the super mode and he'd save the town. But by the end of the episode, the whole town would be destroyed because he was bouncing off of everything, like destroying the windows and stuff. Very funny show. Uh, That was probably from the 80s. So. Oh. Are you ready to go to the worst list? I am going to make a prediction that you heard of. One of my five uh, shows. Okay. <laughs> and it's I, my I number five. I should mention here. This is probably a good place oh. to mention it. Uh, yeah. If it sounds, if this sounds familiar, I went back and double checked to, to see if we'd done anything like doing this best and worst cartoons of all time list. And we have done. We did do a best cartoon TV show tournament. Uh, yes. A but long time ago. But that's as close yeah. as we've gotten. Uh, to this. This is, we're doing more like everything's available, not just TV shows, and we're doing top five, so it's a little different, but if people out there are going, haven't they done this before? No, we have not, so. Uh, we, and and South Park won that tournament, if I don't I remember. I believe that's correct. Uh, I yeah. think so, yeah. My number five, and the only thing I think you heard of on this uh, list is Dora the Explorer. We are off that show. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I did not think to put it on my list at all, but yeah, that's a good one. That is one shitty show. Uh, if you've never seen Dora the Explorer, thank yourself that you haven't seen Dora the Explorer. Uh, it's an educational show? He said, <laughs> he said, kind of, uh, is it really educational? It's, Trying to be a lot of educational show created by Chris Guilford, Valerie Walsh, and Eric Wiener. And no, I did not make that up. And it's from the 2000s. And if you haven't seen it, don't. It's about this Dora girl. And guess what she's doing? She's exploring. <laughs> it's such a shitty show. What is this? Is this a unicorn? It's a unicorn. Oh, I hate that show. I hate that show! Okay, my number five. I went with Street Sharks. Never ever heard of. This was, like, in the mid-90s. I want to say, like, 95. (laughs) I think it was on for, like, two or three years. It was Uh, definitely trying to pull off of the popularity of Ninja Turtles at the time. mm -hmm. So, these were sharks... That had like giant muscles, uh, who were like surfer sharks. I, it 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 was a terrible, terrible show. And they were just trying to take the idea of an animal and make it like a ninja type superhero, uh, straight from Ninja Turtles, except it was sharks. Um, it was awful. It was an awful show. Sounds awful, bitch. My number four is Secret Mountain Fort Awesome. 
not get it. That's the name of the show. I've never heard of that before. Secret Mountain Porch. Awesome. How bad is that as a title for a show? Huh? Sounds like it's translated from another language. <laughs> and it is an American animated show created by Peter Rodgard. And it debuted uh, 2011 on Cartoon Network. The show resolves around a trinity of five monsters who unleash wild stunts upon the public from their eponymous mountain forge. The show is loosely based on antagonists appeared in Bro Garden animated short Uncle Grandpa and employs Mike Confetti of the heavily metal band Early Man as composer. <laughs> that sounds bad. It is that bad. Okay, where are we at? Number four? Yep. Okay. We're number four. This one kind of goes with Street Sharks because it came yeah. around at the same time and for the same reason. It was called The Mighty Ducks. Oh, Jesus Christ. I hated that show. <laughs> it was awful. And I, as oh. far as I remember, it was kind of like normal uh, yeah. as far as the first season goes. And then yeah, I think yeah. in the second season, they redid they told, it. Yeah. They went and then bananas. all of a sudden, the ice hockey rink was like a secret laboratory underneath yeah. it. Like, they had all these fly, flying machines, even though they were ducks. That part never made sense to me. That show was awful. I remember really looking forward to it when I was younger because I did like the Mighty Duck movies when I was younger. I was like, oh, I loved it. Yeah, I like when I was, you know, whatever, a 10 year old boy, Mighty Ducks was awesome to me, Emilio Estevez. Um, <laughs> but then I saw this cartoon, and then the second season came out, and that was when they rebooted it kind of and tried to make it something else. Then it really it made it even worse. So that's my number. My number four. My number three is problem solvers with a set, of course, because you need to be special and cool. And it's an um, an uh, American animated television series that aired on to Network, and it was created by Ben Jones, and it follows Alfie, Horace, and Roba a group of detectives in their troubled town, Farborough. This is just boring as shit to watch. This is... This is so bad. I have no clue why I watched this uh, when it came out. Uh, I'm not sure what the year it came out. But yeah, don't watch The Problem Solvers with sex. Okay. <coughs> Sneezes. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> <coughs> All right. Uh, my number three. Yep. Let's see. My number three. Casper the Friendly Ghost. Oh, you stole one of mine. Oh, did I? Okay. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Casper the Friendly Ghost. When you think about it is a cartoon about a dead kid. Yep. No, 
that nothing else to say there. <laughs> My number two is uh, a show you never ever heard about. Look, it's Casper, the friend of the ghost. Have you heard about that? No. That's your number three. We're on three. My right? number two. No. Oh, okay. I begin. I begin from five. Ah, right. went I, five. I yeah. threw me off. Go, go, go ahead. Yeah, so my number two is also Casper the Friendly Ghost. If you think about it, it's really about this boy being dead. <laughs> it's about a dead child, yes. Yeah, it's horrendous. Okay, yeah, my number two then, huh? Um, yeah, yeah. I went with something we've actually reviewed on the show, Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue. <laughs> which was an anti-drug PSA uh, created by the government uh, with a whole bunch of cartoon characters. Um, and at the very beginning, it has George Bush uh, Sr. in it. So, yeah. Uh, I want you to look at uh, the uh, co-host uh, chat in Skype and read this for me because I'm... Uh, Norwegian. Okay. This is my number one, by the way. And I have no clue how to say the name. Uh, the, the name is that first part of it? Yep. Sway Sway and Budens are mm -hmm. carefree ducks who fly around mm -hmm. in a rocket van delivering bread to their customers. Mm -hmm. The best friends live together on their home planet of Pongea and get in all sorts of ridiculous uh, <laughs> adventures. Ridiculous. That's terrible. Sway Sway is the leader of the duo, and even though he doesn't always use the best judgment, he's a pro when it comes to flying the van. Okay, mm -hmm. fly... Right. And crashing it. <laughs> Boodoos is a klutzy duck, and he's loyal to Sway Sway... And has a lot of heart. Together, the friends have fun all the time while making bread deliveries. <laughs> that doesn't even... What? <laughs> have you ever heard about this show? No, I've never heard of this. <laughs> Pondgia. Pondgia is also terrible. Isn't bread, like, actually bad for ducks? Aren't you not supposed yeah. to feed ducks bread because it's, like, no no nutritional value to them? Uh, oh. This is the worst show ever. Have you ever seen this? Uh, I've never... Yes! Okay. <laughs> look, look, I'm going to send you a picture. Or I'm going to send you some pictures. And you can tell me, do you like the animations or not? I'm sorry. I'm crying because I'm having too much fun. Oh my god. Okay. Let me see here. <laughs> oh wow. I think I've actually. I've seen these characters before. I've just never seen the show. <laughs> like, they look like two raisins. Green raisins with, like, um. They don't look like ducks at all, whatsoever. <laughs> they're not even, like, drawn like they're supposed to be ducks. It is the worst show on Earth, Luke. It is horrendous. 
Okay, my number I one. Was so, I, I was so happy when I made this list because I, I had this as my number one. At at the I I had it um, as my number one at uh, at the single time we we made uh, like this as uh, our main topic of for today. I was like, yes, I I, I know what my number one is. <laughs> oh oh, Oof. okay, sorry. Oof. Okay, my number one, Brer Rabbit and the Tar Baby. <laughs> Uh, why did I forget about that? I'm angry. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, this was released in, like, 1946 yeah. by Disney, and it is racist. It's incredibly it, racist. I don't even know how to speak about it. That's how racist it is. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't really know how to speak about it either, but, I mean, it was based off of a story... <laughs> It was based off of a story that was written in, like, the eight, 1800s. Oh, here it is, yeah. 1880. Um, and they adapted it into a cartoon. So, uh, they're ta- they were taking ideas from the 1880s and putting them in a cartoon in the 1940s. And maybe it's all in, you know, uh, we're looking at it now from the future, Maybe then it mm-hmm. wasn't as big a deal, but you look at it now and you go, that shit is racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah. I think I watched that some, like, two, three years ago for the first time. Oh, really? Not sure. I, rem- yeah. I, I think I've even mentioned this on the show that uh, I had a friend, or my next door neighbor had a copy of some Disney movie and it had this on it. And I totally remember really? from that. Yeah. Oh, so strange. Yeah, that was. I loved our top five worst. That was a fun list. <laughs> oh, any, are you excited? Do we have any yeah, no, honorable mentions? I no, I don't have any. I don't have a lot, but I have. Um, I don't know where to put this. I don't know if this is the best or it should be on honorable mentions of the best or worst. But reboot from the nineties. Okay, not sure I've seen that. It is about some people or these creatures who live inside of a computer, and there is like virus that takes over every once in a while and kills people. But it was like one of the first um, computer animated shows, uh, oh. and it's. It looks really goofy now, but uh, Reboot, uh, at the time, I remember liking it, and then I remember seeing it later and being like, wow, this show's terrible, and then I remember seeing it even later than that and being like, actually, this show's kind of mm, original and uh, advanced for its time. Uh, The storyline of it was very, very... It's kind of dark, but it was interesting, so... Okay, since still isn't there, I can say it. Watertown, I, I, I remember now. I watched. Oh yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, she liked that show. I, I can, I can. I say would say it, American Dad because I'd never liked American Dad, but that's just me. Yeah, yeah. I, I it's okay. Uh, if I think really, really 
Well, I would say Bob's Burgers. <laughs> That's a. Uh... You know what was a good cartoon? Going back to our good ones that I totally spaced. Uh, Beetlejuice the cartoon. Do you remember that? Oh yes, that was. I love that. That was good. Yeah. Um, Adam's what about also. All like... Real Monsters was a very yeah. good show when it was on. Yeah. Yeah. There's probably a lot we're forgetting here, but if anybody wants to send us any we forgot that you're like what what they didn't mention this cartoon. Uh, movie or TV, go ahead and send it to us at anotherdigitalcitizen at gmail.com. Where is The Simpsons? I hear it already. Right. <laughs> Nobody likes it on the show. Relax. <laughs> Have you seen the movie this week? Uh, yeah, I saw a movie called Cop Watchers, which was about, you know, okay. what Cop Watch is? Uh, Cop Watch is an organization here uh, in different places in America where civilians take out cameras or cell phones and when they see a situation between the police and somebody, they'll film it just for this, uh, just for uh, posterity, I guess, so that if something does go wrong, there'll be evidence of, of it and Cop Watch is, uh, it started actually, uh, I would say a few years ago, but one of the guys uh, who was filming the Eric Garner uh, murder, which happened a few years ago, he was working with Copwatch. Um, it's a good organization, uh, and it gets demonized, but th there's a movie, uh, I, I saw it on Netflix, called Cop Watchers, which is, it's just about that and what they do, and... Um, kind of what's going on in this country as far as policing goes so hmm. anything else nope that was the one i saw this week i've seen two movies uh the first one is death note on uh netflix uh they made their own version of death note i have no clue why they made uh, their own version of death note why the fuck did you think that was a good idea, Netflix? Uh, it's a really good animated show. Why did you need to make this a movie? I was really, really excited for this because the director is Adam Weingart. And if that doesn't say anything for you, he's the uh, mind behind VHS. Uh, that I loved uh, is uh, the mind behind Your Next, if you've seen that. He also made The Guest and recently did the new Play Witch movie. Uh, so I was really excited for this. Uh, and it totally disappointed me. Uh, I love the animated show, so I think... Maybe if you've never seen the animated show, this would be better. But it has a 42 on Rotten Tomatoes and an audience score of 26. I want to say mention that. And also, it has 41% on. Uh, yeah, I said that on Rotten Tomatoes, but it also has 44.7 on IMDb. So that's one of the movies I watched this week. But the other one we talked about last week, I. Saw the Hitman's Bodyguard. Look. Oh, cool. 
that we saw the trailer for last week. And we liked the trailer and we said, I really want to see this. You should really see this. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yep. mean, it just looks like something I would enjoy. So, I fucking loved it. It was really, really good. Oh, okay. I got to check it out then. I would, I would give it a 7 out of 10. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now we're going to talk about the WWE movie. Or is it WWE movie? Yes, it is, kind of. It's a WWE Studios film, but I think it's also... I want to say there's another production studio that's working with them. And the movie we're talking about is the Bruce Lee biopic movie, Birth of a Dragon. Ooh, you boys done playing? Do you okay, do you think he looks like Bruce Lee at all? Mm, barely. Yeah. That was really dark. WWE Studios. Mm-hmm. I guess it's just distributed by WWE Studios. They didn't actually have any part in making it. They just distrib- distributed it. No, he really doesn't look like Bruce Lee. In that last shot right there, it was like, clearly yeah. does not look anything like him. What? Now we're in... Tibet or something? People in Chinatown don't like that I teach whites. He may be the only person in this world who can tear down everything I've been working so hard to build up. Sooner or later, I'm gonna have to fight him. Okay. What does Inspired by true events. Inspired by. Right. I read some things about that. It's impressive. <laughs> but it has one limitation. Right. You. What the heck? I'm the future. You're the past. You're irrelevant, Walt. This guy they have playing Bruce Lee. Mm. Mm. It's a Rocky movie now, for some reason, all of a sudden. No rules. No holes spot. No limits. You guys kill each other. This fight sequence looks pretty cool, though. I'll give it that. Some of these people are dressed up like it's like prohibition era. Like what's going <clears throat> It's kind of confusing. So Luke, you know my question. What is this movie all about? Right, Birth of the Dragon, young Bruce Lee is trying to make a name for himself while working as a martial arts instructor in 1964 San Francisco. When he when Lee meets Wong Jack Man, he challenges the Kung Fu Master to a no-holds-barred fight that becomes the stuff of legend. Uh, I'm seeing 20% on Rotten Tomatoes, 4.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Not that good. Not uh, good. But it has an audience score of 70%. Wow. Okay. 
Yeah. Seventy percent. That is a lot. But to be honest, I think uh, a lot of people have been active from the movie set here. Because uh, you want to hear what the Epic Ladies Lunch Adventure says about this movie, Luke? Yeah, let's hear it. She gives it half a star, Luke. And says Birth of the Dragon introduces Bruce Lee as the character of the modern industry. And the results are very terrible. Feels exactly nothing like those Bruce Lee movies that inspired this movie, uh, film. It was a, it, if it was more built under the pressure, maybe this film could be better than what is, what it is today. And she gave it half a star, but. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 need also to uh, read a, a five star review because I I found it kind of funny and it doesn't have any name and I wonder why. <clears throat> Are you ready, Luke? Okay. Donald Trump is the best president we have. I think. It's disrespectful to say anything bad about Donald Trump. Five stars. <laughs> okay. I think they had an agenda, uh, but all right. Hmm. I went to the Facebook, as usual, as per usual, um, and I mm -hmm. found out this week. Apparently, Facebook. I don't know if this is new or I just haven't noticed yet. Uh, they have started doing some kind of rating system for movies that are on Facebook. Uh, as far as, like, have a page on Facebook. People can go in and give uh, a star rating on the Facebook page. So, I went into the ratings of this movie on their Facebook page. It has 4.2 mm -hmm. out of 5 stars. Mm. So, really, wow. really high. And that's being coming from people who went to the Facebook page, so... I guess yeah. you probably... Yeah, it kind of makes sense because you would go to the Facebook page if you liked the movie, but still, uh, this Facebook page was super active. There was some posts that had 30,000 comments on it. A lot of people 30, talking about 000? this. Yeah, 30,000 wow. comments. No joke. Wow. Um, and I found a couple, but here's one I thought was funny. Daryl Tarmodo says... How is it a white actor plays an Asian man? That's like picking a non-Caucasian to play Lincoln or an Asian guy to play Obama. I won't watch this movie as it is uh, a joke. They could have picked uh, they could have picked an Asian at least. This is an insult to me. How about we watch Whitney Houston uh, a Whitney Houston movie played by Katy Perry? Kind of racist if you ask me. So yeah, that's what he thinks about it. Wow. I saw a lot of complaints about this. Uh, their casting mm. choices. And another thing I saw on the Facebook. they uh, Whoever was running the Facebook page for this movie was very active in responding to people. Uh, you could post on there and they would probably respond to you. So if you're interested in doing that. But a lot of them were defending that apparently this movie came out once in the 
the film festival scene. It came out at, okay. at a couple film festivals, and this movie has been re-edited completely to be released into theaters. The original movie was about um, a completely different guy. It wasn't about Bruce Lee. Really? No. Um, here's uh, something. Wendell uh, Lamar Hatcher says, This is funny as fuck because the story is mainly about a white character who I think is supposed to be Chuck Norris. They were uh, <laughs> they were talking about releasing this movie last year uh, or several movies ago, but the Asian community raised, uh, raised hell about it. Uh, now they edited the trailers and they're resending it out. And the Birth of the Dragon Facebook people responded to this guy. And they said, The filmmakers went back and made cuts to the white character of Steve McKee, who was supposed to be a fictionalized version of Steve McQueen, a student of Bruce Lee. Uh, but Bruce Lee very, very much takes center stage of the film now. And it is focused on the fight between him and Wong Jack Man. It is not a biopic, yes. but is inspired by true events. So they're saying mm -hmm. the original edit of this movie was supposed to be about Steve McQueen, not about Bruce Lee. Oh. Yeah. Weird. I also had a half star from Michael A. that just said, fuck you for disrespecting Bruce Lee this way. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I would not recommend going to see this. Okay, that's everything. Plugs uh, for next week. Audible trial. I'm fine with. Let's just skip this. Yeah. yeah. News next because... week. What a piece of shit episode we're going to review. We both agree. Um. I had problems Come with on. it. I think maybe you hated it more Come than I. On. I wouldn't say it was a piece of shit. I still think there Come was on. some clever writing happening, uh, but yes, this. But... Go ahead. Now this was the worst episode. Uh, so far. This yeah, is... for sure. Oh, definitely, definitely. Let's get into the and one big glaring problem before we get into the review. <laughs> what problem is that, Luke? Uh, like we said, uh, in the episode with the church, and she was telling the whole story in the confessional, not writing it in the mm -hmm. guest book which is the point of the mm -hmm. show, this again mm -hmm. was a guy telling a story to a bartender in Mexico, not writing mm -hmm. it in the guest book. Mm -hmm. We did see the guest book again this episode. We'll talk about that when we get mm -hmm. to it. But mm -hmm. the guest book wasn't completely left out, but it wasn't used in the way I think me and Fro Ooh. assume it should be used, right? Ooh, yes. If, 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 it, if it shows up, now with the priest and the bartender in the last episode, are you going to be happy? <laughs> the priest and the bartender, yeah, maybe. I don't know. But the main story was maybe the worst main story so far, and I feel bad by saying that because there's a good actor in this. Uh, okay. You may anyway. have to point it out for me, but we'll get into it. Yep. Story 5, episode 5 of the guest book, uh, starts out with our candy machine recap opening that we always have, and he recaps the show, and the guy who is always listening to the recap, he's trying to get candy out of the machine, he says, do you have a dollar that I could borrow? 
And the guy said, the guy pulls a dollar out and he says, "You gonna watch the show?" So he's try. This guy is like really trying to get this other guy to watch the show. That's the whole idea here. We get our yeah. intro credits, uh, and we open up in like, even even the prequel thing that I always explain about was the worst prequel thing ever. Right. It wasn't as kind of. It wasn't breaking the fourth wall as much as the other ones had. This one was just kind of... It was supposed to be a joke, but it wasn't a funny joke whatsoever, so... Alright, we open up in a bar in Mexico. And we meet Blake. Uh, Blake is played by Tommy Dewey, who is a TV actor. He's not any... There's nothing really super interesting about him. Uh, as far as his career goes. Uh, but we find out Blake... It, he scams rich old ladies out of their money. So he's a scam artist of some type. Uh, maybe you would call him a gigolo? What would you call him, Fro? Yeah, he's kind of... Um, he's the opposite of what a Black Widow is. He's kind of the man version of a Black Widow. Uh, yeah, like... Uh, what's the word for it? If you just marry somebody for the money, you don't care... Gold digger. Yeah, he's kind of he's a male gold, gold digger. digger. Yeah, yeah. He's a male uh, gold digger. but he'll he he marries rich older ladies, uh, and he's a younger younger guy. I guess is the whole concept here of his character. Uh, we find out he's living in Mexico, and he was living off of a woman who sold cocaine, a lady named Marta, and he's like in her pool. In this giant mansion, and she's selling cocaine to some people, and the people turn out to be cops, and he says that he'll testify against her almost, like, instantly when he finds out they're cops, so he won't get in trouble. But they both get arrested anyways. Uh, can I ask you, I, I have to ask you already, is this actor the worst actor in the world, or is it being so overdramatic for the character? Like I didn't, I don't, I didn't really understand his character because, like, yeah, the twists and the turns of the episode kind of uh, gets him in uh, in other diff uh, different kind of situations. But I didn't like his acting at all. It was something it, it didn't feel real to me whatsoever. Hmm. I don't. I I didn't mind him. I I thought it went with the show. He's clearly a comedian of some type. It seems like so. Uh, he was doing mm. that kind of comedy thing, but he also was kind of just acting like a little bit douchey because that's part of his character is that he's kind of right. like thinks he's really good looking, thinks he's can do no wrong and is like all about himself, doesn't really care what other people think. Right, uh, right. Yeah, so he it does kind of work with his character. But where were we? Right, he, get, he says he's going to testify against Marta. Uh, they both get arrested and he... Uh, he tells them he's going to testify against the, her, but the Colombian drug cartels have a hit out on him. So, this is the part where the guy walks up and he's like, uh, you gotta be careful, the Colombians uh, are out to get you. And then the guy's like, oh, I'm not worried about it. And then the, the little cop, he's a police officer, just stabs him in the neck with a pen. He's like, I told you they're out to get you. That was interesting. Uh, so we find out that he's got to go into hiding 
because he's going to testify, but before he can testify, the drug cartels are going to try to kill him. So, law enforcement are going to put him up in a safe house to hide him, and this is where we get back to the end of last week's episode, where I had said, oh, it looks like this cop car, and for some reason there's a guy hiding in the back seat. Well, Blake is being taken to the safe house, and the safe house is going to be Froggy Cottage. Mm-hmm. He's being taken to the and safe house meet... by yeah. Trina. And here we meet my favorite actor of this thing. I like the police guy. I like that. Okay. Uh, she's yeah. played by Kimberly Gregory. Uh, mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. been in Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Better Call Saul. A few mm-hmm. other things, but mostly TV stuff. Mm-hmm. I liked her. We find out that Trina's dad runs the police department she's working for. I think FBI or whatever. But her dad is the mm-hmm. head head of the office. And he never gives her any dangerous assignments. So this uh, job to watch uh, Blake is supposed to be like a simple, easy assignment that nothing is going to go wrong. And he's just trying to keep his daughter safe. So... Before we talk, I kind of, yeah, okay, I will talk about it at the end, I guess. But uh, here's one of the things that irritated me by, by the show, and I'm going to say it now before, before we get into the plot. The plot, did it feel kind of like you've seen this plot before? Because I saw where it was ending at maybe the beginning of the show. Um, what you're saying? You predict you you knew where it was going. I'm confused as right. to what you're talking about. From I'm sorry. Uh, the main plot, the main storyline, like like uh, everything that's around of the town is good in this episode. I I like that kind of stuff. I I still I still like everything uh, with the blackmail and things like that. But this storyline with the policewoman and uh, this boy. I, I saw where this was going a thousand miles away. Sure. Uh, but we do have the twists and turns that happen, so let's get into it. Um, mm. Mm. Yeah, you, that we should probably mention that at the end again, so try to remember. Um, oh. They drive past the strip club on their way to the cabin. Uh, we see Tickles and Frank uh, handing off the keys to Trina. Because they are, they've taken control of the keys from Wilfred, and I guess she's going to be the first person they're trying to take the money from, uh, instead of Wilfred. And Tickles uh, sees Blake, and she obviously is super attracted to this guy, and Blake thinks he can use Tickles to escape because he wants to get. He doesn't. He doesn't want to testify, but he's been arrested, and they're going to force him to at this point. Because he, he thinks if he testifies, then he's going to be killed by the cartels anyways. Uh, but they go into... The, they leave the... Uh, or they're leaving the strip club. And he leaves a note for Tickles. We don't really see what it is. But Blake says, uh, when they're leaving, he says to Trina, I've got to go to the bathroom. So he goes back in. And when he goes in the bathroom, Tickles is waiting in the stall for him. And Blake basically seduces Tickles and 
gives her, uh, he says he needs her help to escape, right? He doesn't tell her the plan yet. And he says that he's going to take her to Mexico, uh, with all this stolen drug money that he stole from Marta, apparently. Uh, this is where she grabs his penis and she says, yeah, all right, we'll do it. It was very weird. We go to Froggy Cottage. Uh, we're right outside of Froggy Cottage, I guess. And Trina and Blake arrive. And we see them going into the cabin. But we see behind them as they're going into the cabin, next door at the doctor's cabin, uh, his ex-wife has apparently brought uh, a date with her for this weekend. And we saw last episode, he wanted to kind of get back together with his ex. But she's brought a date to, to this thing. And he's confused by this whole thing. Uh, but then we find, we find out the reason she brought this date is because he had tried to get the, on the son's good side by buying him a crossbow, but his ex has brought an archery expert as her date to show the doctor up with the crossbow and show that the doctor's not as good with this crossbow as her new boyfriend. Uh, so she's trying to steal his thunder, uh, and make him look bad in, in the eyes of his child, so... We go to Blake's apartment, I assume? I don't know how T Tickles got here, but Tickles gets the suitcase full of money from the apartment. Uh, Blake told her they were going to run away together, like I said. And she's going to help him escape with this money. So, we know she has the money at this point. Back in Froggy Cottage, Bla Blake uh, finds out the toilet is like a little bit loose. So he rips the toilet out of the ground. Uh, and he gets... Trina to call Tickles to fix it, saying, hey, we need you to come fix our toilet. Uh, Tickles arrives at the cottage to fix the toilet, but she has this gigantic red <laughs> monkey wrench. That is ridiculous. The biggest like, wrench I've seen in my entire life. Right. I don't know what part, like, what you would use it to even fix a toilet, uh, maybe, except yeah. for the pipe. Like, that's the one thing you could use that for, but... The toilet's been ripped out of the ground, so that wrench is not going to do a whole lot. But A whole lot? It's not going to do anything. Right. Trina gets a call from her dad, and this whole time she's talking to her dad, behind her, Blake and Tickles have the wrench, and Blake wants Tickles to hit Trina over the head with the wrench so they can escape. And Tickles, But Tickles doesn't want to do it, but neither does he, so they're arguing, and there's this funny kind of disagreement quiet in, quietly in the background as Trina's talking mm. on the phone. I thought that was very funny. Neither of them want to hit her, though. Uh, so when Trina gets off the phone, Tickles walks away, and Trina tells uh, Tickles that she can go because her dad said, Trina's dad said, oh, you shouldn't have people in there. This is, you know, this is, uh, this could be a problem. Uh, so Tickles leaves, but she says she's going to be at the strip club all night. Uh, right, and Trina tells, Trina tells Blake that he can watch anything, uh, he wants on TV, and then she says, anything but American Horror Story, that shit, that shit I, is dumb as hell. I laughed so loud. I, I love that too. Love, yeah, because I love American Horror Story. I just thought it was funny because they're just calling out other TV shows. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is them breaking the fourth wall, going, that show yeah. 
that everybody likes is actually total crap. But yeah, yeah, that's what they're saying. I, I like that show though. <laughs> but Trina goes in the other room and she's writing in the guest book we see. But Blake grabs Trina's phone and he goes in the bathroom and he calls his dad to ask his dad how hard do you hit what? somebody to knock them out without killing them. <laughs> oh. This is the weirdest thing to call your parents about, and it doesn't really go anywhere. But no. He gets off the phone, he goes outside, he's got the wrench, because Tickles left the wrench in the bathroom. Blake sneaks up behind Trina with the wrench, uh, but he sees that she's writing something in the guest book, and we find out it's a poem, it's a sonnet. We find out that Blake majored in poetry, which may be a lie, but he seems to know what he's talking about. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a lie, actually. Right, we don't really, we never really find out, but... He, uh, she reads the poem to Blake, and Blake uh, kind of tells her, oh, I really like it. Uh, he tells her what he thinks it means, and Trina is, I don't think she gets this kind of attention a lot, because she instantly goes after Blake Hi. and starts kissing all over him. And they have sex, and Blake is like, oh, I'm in now, I'm going to be able to get out of here, no problem. So after they have sex, Blake takes Trina's handcuffs and handcuffs her to the bedpost. And he says he's got, he's got to leave. He's got the money. He tells her that about the money, the stolen money and everything. So Blake is trying to get out of this place. He's packing a bag and Trina is handcuffed to the bed. But the, we remember here that the bedpost was broken in episode one when the two, uh, the two people were having sex, they ripped the they ripped it off in episode one. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, she was told uh, by Frank that the that there this was it could fall off. So she just lifts the bedpost top off and can just slide the handcuffs out of there like no problem. So Tria pulls out her gun and she goes into the living room and pulls her gun on Blake, and. She gets distracted by the doctor next door arguing with his ex-wife. Uh, she turns around. What was this? Sorry? Yeah, what was this, I said? Right. Uh, here. The, yeah. I'll get into it right here. She gets distracted. She turns around because she hears something behind her. And uh -huh. Blake has the wrench. And so we hear something happen. And we assume that Blake hit her with the wrench. We don't actually see it happen, though. But next door, the doctor's ex is leaving with the kid and her date that she brought. Uh, and the Chinese food guy is there delivering Chinese food. And the doctor's like, I just bought us dinner and you're leaving? And she's like, I'll take it to go. The ex does. The ex-wife. She says, I'll take it to go. And she grabs one of the bags of Chinese food. But the Chinese food guy goes, that bag is only napkins and chopsticks actually <laughs> and she just she doesn't care she just keeps mm. walking i thought that was great that was the funniest part to me you just grab the mm. napkins and chopsticks she's she thought she was being so clever but back in froggy cottage trina calls her dad and tells him that blake escaped so right here and she's got a big old knot on her head so we assume okay she got hit with the wrench when she got distracted and blake was able to get away Back at the strip club, 
Tickles tells Frank that she's leaving the country because uh, she's got this money now and she's packing her car up. And she tells Frank that he could have the club. And Frank says, can I turn it into a sports bar? And she's like, I don't care what, what the hell you do with it. Do whatever you want. I'm going to be on, on a beach in Mexico. So as, as this is happening, Trina drives up. And she wants to know where Blake is. Uh, and Tickles isn't going to tell her. So Trina handcuffs Tickles to a pole outside of the strip club. <laughs> I like this. And she's driving fun. away, and Tickles is like, hey, wait, 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 wait. Uh, and uh, Trina, right, the cop, says, next time you see your boyfriend, you guys are going to be handcuffed together on your way to a jail cell. And Trina drives away again, and uh, Tickles gets her to come back real quick, and she's, did he actually say it? He, he was my boyfriend? <laughs> and Trina's like, oh, whatever. Yeah. It just drives off. So Trina drive, drives into a gas station, and we're kind of like, what's going on here? And she opens the trunk mm-hmm. of her car, and Blake is inside the trunk of her car. And we're what going, What a surprise. What? I didn't smell that. Uh, didn't smell that 10 miles away. Right, but how did it happen? That's the thing that I was wondering. I, I kind of knew this was going to happen as well. It kind of seemed obvious. But I was yeah. kind of going, when I saw this, I'm like, wait a second, when did he get into the trunk? So, yeah. back in Mexico, where Blake is telling this story to the bartender, uh, Blake says he, he left some stuff out to build suspense. And the bartender goes, oh, like a twist. He's like, yeah, like a twist. No. <laughs> the bartender's like, I love a good twist. So we find out what Blake left out. Blake, uh, Trina... When she turned around, she put her gun down, and Blake didn't hit her with the uh, wrench. She uh, says she wants Blake to take her to Mexico because she doesn't like like her life the way it is now. She wants something new. She wants to run away with Blake to Mexico uh, and live off this stolen drug money. And this whole time they're doing this, they're rhyming. They're like speaking in poetry, right? Mm. What's wrong, Fro? And it no, it's the most, uh, it's the most uh, lovey douchey. Can I call it that? Right, Way because they're to, speaking like, in poetry to each other about running yeah. away together. Right. Yeah. But it's all for a joke that we're going to get in a second. But mm-hmm. so Trina hits herself with the wrench, uh, to convince her dad because. The only way she's going to get away with this is if she convinces her dad that um, Blake is the one that took her. Uh, otherwise, she's going to get in trouble with, you know, the cops. So she hits herself with the wrench. And we go back to Mexico, uh, where he's telling the bartender the story. And he says, he says to the bartender, we didn't really, like, rhyme that whole thing out. Uh, but, you know, I wanted kind of. I was kind of going for a movie vibe, and with the success of Hamilton, uh, I thought oh. it'd be a good idea. And the bartender says, "I wouldn't. That shit is played out." <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. That was funny. Uh, so right as this is happening, uh, the bartender says. Uh, the bartender points out to, to Blake, oh, how did you get here? And he's like, oh, I drove her car. 
And then Blake's like, oh my gosh, do you think they can track that? And the bartender looks over, and Trina and her dad have walked into the bar, and they arrest Blake. So our ending montage that we usually get, Tickles is trying to get out of the handcuffs, but she is too short to get over the pole. And she's even standing on a ladder with Frank. Uh, the doctor next door is practicing the crossbow because he wants to impress his son again. Uh, we see a smart car driving up to the cabins with Michael Rappaport in the car. Yeah. Uh, I think most, most people know... Thing, the most exciting thing about this episode. I think most people know who Mac Michael Rappaport is, but... You would only know him if you saw him, maybe, some people? Because, I mean, yeah. I can't think of one specific movie or TV show that, like, oh. would be, oh. like, the, I could say, oh, that was the thing he was in. But he's been mm -hmm. in so much stuff, you know what I mean? Like, you see him stuff. all the time. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of a good example. I mean, he's he was in uh, My Name is Earl. I remember him being in that. Mm -hmm. He was in Prison Break, uh... The mm. original one, not the newer, not the new season or whatever. Uh, mm. I remember him being in Big Bang Theory. Apparently, okay. he was in Murphy Brown in 1992. Ooh. I'm looking up right here. He was in mm. an episode of Fresh Prince Bel Air. Uh, he's mm. been in a bunch of things. Doctor Doolittle Two, the movie. Uh, he's actually the voice in a bunch of video games: Grand Theft Auto Three, Saints mm. Row, Saints Row Two. Okay. He was, did voice acting in all those, but. He's a pretty big actor. Cool. Don't you agree? Yeah, yeah, I like him. Right. I always like him. And he's being a nerve. He's being a what do you call it when you do everything in a order? What do you call that? Uh, yes. Um, OCD. Uh, I don't know. I, we're not really sure what he has here, but he's counting. It seems like he's counting trees as he's driving. That's what it seems like, at least for right here. So, uh, this is still in the montage with our band playing, of course. Wilfred's wife. Wilfred's right. Uh, Wilfred's wife. There we go. Cleans the cottage and she finds the toilet ha has been broken off. <laughs> she's kind of like, what the hell happened here? And she yeah. And she shrugs it off. Right. Michael Rappaport, uh, is at the cabin offices. He checks into the cottage and he says he's there for a surprise date. And. Mm. He sees that there's mints in a jar, and he says, do you mind if I... And uh, Wilfred's no. like, yeah, go do ahead you and mind? have one. Yeah, and he starts counting it. He start, instead, you think he's going to take a mint, but he starts counting the mints. Oh. Right. And then we go mm -hmm. to credits. So. He, he totally has OCD. OCD. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Uh, but we'll find out, I guess. Yeah. I would rate this episode a Two out of ten. I'll go with three out of ten. Uh, just to, there was a few funny parts. I really like the Chinese food guy and the yeah. That bag only has napkins and chopsticks in it. Uh, that part was hilarious to me. I thought that part was really well written. Uh, it felt like we weren't advancing the storyline as far as Wilfred being blackmailed very much in this yeah. story. A little bit, but not as much as I'd like to see. And then the whole. The guest book not being written in the story, uh, not being written in the guest book, I mean, uh, that just ruins it every time. So, yeah. But my question is still, 
Are you going to be satisfied if it shows up that the bartender and the priest is... If they somehow episode? wrap this all together and then somehow Blake's parents, who he talked to on the phone for like two minutes, are somehow also involved? Yeah. yeah. If yeah. somehow they manage to wrap this all together, but I don't think so, Fro. Like, I gave... Me, I Last week either. we were like, I totally trust this writer to yeah. kind of wrap this all together, but once they do it twice... Uh, yeah. it's going to be harder to wrap it together, so I, I have less trust than I did before. So, we'll see, Me though. Too. It could all turn out for the for the good. We'll, we'll have to wait. At this right point, we're... Right now, we are a little skeptic. Is that right, okay definitely. Uh, we're kind it's of at the point of no been... return at this point. We're halfway through, so... Oh, yeah. Oh, no, we're in it we're for the long haul continue. at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to continue this show. Uh, uh, because it's fun to talk about, even when it's bad. I mean, it's it's an easy show to watch. Yeah, and that too. I mean, it it, the, it sometimes taking notes is a little like hard because sometimes you won't notice things the first time around, and then you'll not- I'll notice them the second time because that's just the way the show is. There are little things that add up each episode, and like the thing with the bedpost being broken off that happened episode one, and they. Leave it to you to remember that. They don't point it out. So. Right. Right. Okay. Let's move to the end of the show. Um, we have an audibletrial.com slash another digital citizen. That's audible.com slash another digital citizen. Or as Luke says it. Audibletrial.com forward slash another digital citizen. Next week, we don't have a special episode at all. We are going to totally ignore that it's our 100th show next week. Or maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk of news of the week. We're going to have another Digital Citizen's best title of the show ever tournament. So, yes, we are going to talk a lot about our own show next week. We will have the guest book episode 6. We will have another digital review of Unlocked. And as I ask every single week, what is Unlocked book? It looks to be... Um, well, I'll read a little thing here. After failing to apprehend terrorists behind the Paris attack uh, that claimed dozens of lives, CIA agent Alice Racine is forced to live in London as a caseworker. So, it's a... It looks like an action movie about CIA and terrorists and whatnot, so... Ah! I found another uh, joke with 99 things in it, Luke. <laughs> we have not 99 problem. We had 99 episodes, but Tilly isn't in it! <laughs> uh, <because Tilly> <laughs> that was there. a stretch. You were reaching for that one. Apparently this Reaching. movie has Orlando Bloom and Michael Douglas in it. So It's also 99 and a half. Have you ever seen uh, Fellini 9 and a half, by the way? Have you seen this movie? I feel like a long time ago, yeah. This is our 99.5 episode, so we've done 90 more things than Fellini did. Yeah. Uh, uh. Okay, I'm reaching.
Goodbye, <laughs> from Norway. This has been another digital citizen. From America, this has been another digital citizen. Next week, we will talk a lot about guess what? Another digital citizen. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen. Goodbye, citizen.